with a closer look at the news and events affecting Prince George. Welcome to After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. Now, we're going to start in the host chair as usual for a Wednesday. A little bit of snow coming down. Steve, run the board for me again as usual for a Wednesday. Good morning, Alan. Good morning. And we are going to get things going. As I say, a little bit of snow falling down out there, which means it must be winter, which means in Canada that means hockey. And joined by Fraser Rogers of the Prince George Cougars. Good morning, Fraser. Good morning, Alan and Steven. Thanks for having me on. Not a problem. I promise this will be the last time we have you on this year. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I hope. That would be a big week, no kidding. <laughs> now, I guess, um, to some extent, the biggest news uh, the last couple of days for teams like the Cougars was the uh, provincial health order, I guess, being amended to allow players of all the ages to practice together again. Yeah, I think, you know, in, in any job, I think we all make mistakes, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I do it in my job. I'm sure you no, make mistakes I, behind the mic. And I don't make mistakes. <laughs> and I think it's fair to say the public health office just had a mistake when it comes to that original rule, um, you know, not letting the 18- and 19-year-old players and 20-year-old players, or 19- and 20-year-old players, I should say, practice yet 16- to 18 could. I think it was just them not understanding the full scope of junior hockey and what that meant. And for the WHL in particular, it doesn't affect us too much because uh, training camps weren't supposed to start until the new year anyways Mm -hmm. with the latest update on the season that was announced back on December 15th. It had a pushback which was originally a January 8th start, and now it's to be determined. So players weren't in their team markets, per se, practicing. But it is good news for players if they're practicing back at home with one another or going to their off-season skills coaches and practicing as a group. Now they can. So that actually does help um, the WHL level long-term. But this is more of an impact for junior A hockey uh, in the province, especially the BCHL, uh, you know, a team like the... Prince George Bruce Kings downtown, they were obviously unfairly affected. I think all teams can say that. And it would have been challenging for us to start a training camp in the new year if those original guidelines are still in place. So it's good news that uh, you know the Minister of Health, uh, Adrian Dix, and uh, the Public Health Office, led by Dr. Bonnie Henry, got together, consulted with Junior Hockey and uh, BC Hockey and Via Sport, and they came to what was a sensible resolution and I think all parties are going to be satisfied because the credit junior hockey players up to this point out, they were doing a really good job in these mid-shift bubbles that they're having yeah. for training camp and these exhibition games at the BCHL level and even the major midgets with our Caribou Cougars and our female uh, Northern Capitals midget program. They were all doing a really good job of you know practicing and, and, and keeping a tight bubble in their quarantines with just going to the rink and at their bill houses if they're out-of-town players. So I think um, they deservingly so get uh, back on the ice in the new year here when their uh, seasons start back up after the holiday break and uh, everybody can now breathe a sigh of relief and uh, continue hopefully pushing for a season. Now, one thing I'm thinking about just now though with the Cougars is do you think the WHL is going to have to come down with a ruling here? Because right now teams in BC then... Do you know if there were any other jurisdictions that had similar rulings? Well, unfortunately, right now, it's even more restrictive in Alberta, Saskatchewan, and Manitoba. B.C. 
uh, believe it or not, for some, I know some are frustrated just with what's going on in BC with uh, minor sports, but yeah. you look east and into the prairies, uh, there's total lockdowns. Like, Manitoba yeah. is at the highest level right now. Yeah. That was announced uh, just before Christmas. There's no practice rinks open. There's no uh, public sports facilities open for any uh, sport at any age right now. And the same can be said for places in Alberta as well. Um, and Alberta, well, under their premier, uh, Mr. Jason Kenny, just announced that just before the holiday break as well, that they're going into a restrictive shutdown when it comes to public facilities. So it does affect the WHL in the immediate future right now, but we're in a bit of a holding pattern as is. So it's kind of like the chicken or the egg, what comes first, because we can be affected right now by these new measures, but in fact, we're not even have a firm date for training camps because that all comes with clearance from the uh, six health jurisdictions that the WHO has to coordinate with, four in Canada and Washington State and Oregon State uh, (laughs) down south. So um, I know it's challenging for some WHO players right now trying to keep themselves ready for a season because, like I said, in Alberta, uh, Manitoba, I'm not too sure about Saskatchewan where they were last at, but they were clamping down as well on what could be open and what could uh, still be done in groups. So right now, a lot of people are trying to find ways to practice. I know some of our players, just by talking to them via text message, have been on outdoor rinks. Mm-hmm. In Manitoba, Tyler Burden, one of our goaltenders, <laughs> has been practicing with friends on outdoor rinks. So kind of a throwback to the grassroots. Yeah. You know, 2020 has given us so many hurdles, but it's kind of like a silver lining in a sense. They're going back to the root of the sport and playing on outdoor rinks, getting themselves ready for a season, uh, when we look back, you know, there'll be some great stories to tell about the things we all had to go through in 2020, and hockey isn't immune. We had to jump through a lot of hoops and, you know, deal with a lot of obstacles, and, uh, you know, it, it's it's tough with some of these restrictions, no doubt, but in the big picture, it's a small sacrifice we can uh, make right now for the greater good. And right now, you've actually got a couple of your players, though, who are um, on the ice. Mm-hmm. We actually have people playing hockey right now. Amazing! Uh, it's it's refreshing now. I gotta say, you know, the World Junior Hockey Championship going on, you know, next next to, uh, province over in Edmonton and uh, at the Rogers Place bubble, uh, where all ten teams are playing. And you know, Philip Kofer with Team Czech Republic, you know, Taylor Gochi, one of the three goalies for Team Canada. It's a great feather in the cap for our organization, no doubt, to see two players at a tournament at the same time. That hasn't been done. Uh, in eight years, yeah, wow. go back to 2012, when Brett Connolly mm-hmm. uh, played for Team Canada and Martin Morinson played for uh, Team Slovakia. So it's been a while uh, to have two Cougars at the same tournament, and it's great to see uh, those two guys representing uh, our organization. You know, Kofer on Sunday, it was a fantastic moment. He scored the game-winning goal mm-hmm. against the Russians in an upset <laughs> win as the Czech Republic shut out Russia 2-0. In fact, is really good for the WHL. All three players that were key pieces in that Czech win play in the WHL. Martin Lang scored the other goal yeah. for the Czech Republic. He plays in Moose Job. And Lucas Paris got the shout. He's a goaltender for the Spokane Chiefs. So it was really neat to see the catalyst of that win for the Czech team was three WHL players. Uh, Czech Republic in general has a long history of sending junior hockey players to the CHL. You know, WHL, the OHL, and the QMJHL. So there's a long-standing tradition of those uh, Czech players coming over to play junior hockey and need to see 
uh, the WHO in particular be a real catalyst in that win. And I know for us, selfishly, Taylor Gochi hasn't played yet. Mm-hmm. He's pegged as a third-string goaltender behind Devin Levi and Dylan Grand, Grand with the Kamloops Blazers. But um, you need you need a third goalie. You need yeah. there's only you know three spots. He's got one of the three, so it's still I think a major accomplishment. And uh, who knows what happens down the road here with the rest of this tournament if he sees action or not. But just to get to that point, being the only undrafted player on the roster, I think is a yeah. you know a big pat on the back to for him to see where he's come. Now, have you guys, the administration of the Cougars, have you guys sat down and gone through all the variables and tried to figure out how it could work out that Canada could play the Czech Republic in the championship game? <laughs> it's funny, I was kind of sharpening my pencil this morning going on <laughs> the tournament website, and I know in Group A it's Canada, and they have been you know, plowing through the yeah. competition. They've been putting up some lopsided football scores, it seems mm-hmm. like. Mm-hmm. You know, beating Switzerland by double digits yesterday, then on opening night on Boxing Day, they beat Germany 16 nothing. Um, so they're well on their way to clinching top spot in their group. The Czechs are right in the mix for a playoff spot because there's two groups, you know, five teams yeah. in each group. Top four make it to the quarterfinal rounds, and then they're reseeded once in the quarterfinal. So it depends. So if Canada finishes first in Group A, like mm-hmm. they will, they should should mm-hmm. comfortably. They could face the Czechs in a quarterfinal matchup oh. if the Czechs finish fourth in Group B. Mm-hmm. As Canada play the lowest-seeded uh, yeah. team on the other side when they, crisscross. when they crisscross. So it could happen right now. The Czechs actually have a massive game uh, tomorrow against Austria to see who basically will clinch the final spot for the quarterfinals in Group B. And then Canada tomorrow on New Year's Eve will face Finland for a showdown Mm-hmm. Uh, for top spot potentially in Group A, Finland actually plays this morning, coming up at eleven against Slovakia to keep their potentially their record perfect. So it would be a, a battle of two undefeated teams tomorrow because Finland's now in a back-to-back situation. But the Slovaks have proven they're they're plucky. They, you know, they beat uh, mm-hmm. they they got an opening day win against Switzerland, and they only lost what three one to the Canadians uh, a couple days yeah. ago. So they will be a tough out, but. Yeah, no, the math could work. Canada and the Czech Republic could face off against one another in the quarterfinals, uh, depending on how the group finishes tomorrow. Or potentially, um, like let's say, and I realize this is heresy, let's say Finland beats Canada tomorrow, so Canada finishes second, so they would not face the Czechs in the quarterfinals, so then if things broke right, there'd be a chance they might play in the final. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It's, yeah, it all depends. It's, these last two days will be interesting for that meeting. Yeah. Um, you very much. Yeah, the math has so many outcomes right now. Uh, the Czechs could climb up to third if the U.S. Well, you know, loses to Sweden regulation and go forward. <laughs> and the game's coming to uh, effect there. Yeah. And then yeah, Canada if they do slip up and, and lose to Finland tomorrow, very well there could be a gold medal showdown. I know it's great. I interviewed um, Philip Colford. Uh, from his hotel in Edmonton just before the tournament started. He was finishing up that mandated four-day quarantine the teams had to do in Edmonton before they got mm. out of their rooms to practice. Yeah. And while he was in his quarantine, I spoke with him uh, over uh, the phone and we had did an interview and talked about, you know, playing for the checks and playing against Taylor Goats. And he said it would be his dream in a gold medal game to score on Taylor Goats. <laughs> and score the game-winning goal in overtime, that golden goal he joked about, but... Yeah. Uh, that would be a great great scenario for our team to see both those guys make it to the gold medal game. So, 
after this is all over at the World Juniors, everything sort of goes back on hold, I take it. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, Al, that's, mm-hmm. uh, that's where we're at right now. Things could change. I know these regulations put in place by the BC Public Health Office end on January 8th. Mm-hmm. This tournament ends on Tuesday, January 6th. So there'll be a couple of days of waiting and seeing to see what happens with the new provincial health orders if they get extended uh, right to the end of the month of January or they get um, pulled back somewhat. It depends on how we're looking for you know case numbers in BC up until that point. But it will be a holding pattern until further notice. So that is the one frustration. I think everybody can say that. And that's not pointing fingers at anybody mm-hmm. at all. It's just a matter of fact, where we are at this point, you know, it's funny you talk about looking like hockey weather, it's snowing and <laughs> usually late December here, the Cougars are gearing up for the second half of the regular season. You know, trade yeah. deadline would be approaching January 10th. Um, you're looking to solidify your roster for a playoff push this time of year. <laughs> yet here we are, haven't played a lick of WHL hockey and we're waiting and seeing. So it's been an upside down uh, type of year for sports for sure with all the obstacles they've had to face and we hope 2021 will bring uh, positivity and, uh, you know, us getting back on the ice. So do you know by any chance, is Philip figuring on heading back to the Czech Republic after the tournament or is he going to stick around in Canada so he's here if things change? Yeah, that's a great question. It's something I know GM Mark Lamb, you know, head scout Bob Simmons mm-hmm. have been in touch with Philip and his camp with the Team Czech Republic to see, you know, what will happen. And that's a question I, I don't have an answer for, but I would suspect, um, you know, after this tournament, there might be a holding pattern just to wait and see what the, you know, what the yeah. climate is in BC and for the WHL. Because the WHL will have meetings uh, as a group of governors, uh, coming the new year to kind of map out what the next step is for a possible 2021 regular season. But if nothing is going to be on the horizon here, he would go back home to the Czech Republic. He does have a place to play there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a, a league that is playing. He's actually playing in a men's league, not the top division. It's a division uh, three hockey there, but uh, still very good hockey. And he's playing on a team that has a, a ton of uh, WHL and CHL players on it. A lot of the Czechs, uh, with guidance from their national team, have put a lot of the young players on the same team in this league. So he's playing close to home right now, so he would have a spot to play. He could sharpen his skills and keep himself fresh there. And then the thing is, we'd have to bring the European players over early. So once the WHO announces an actual start date, you have to backdate it 14 days to allow the European players to come over, successfully go through quarantine, and be ready for a training camp. So yeah going to be tricky for sure because it will be very last minute that decision on a season i think in my in my opinion and if you know he gets the green light to come over it has to be a two-week kind of head start for him so mm-hmm. the next few days will be interesting that january 8th uh, bc update that we'll get from you know the provincial health office will tell the story i think okay Fraser Rogers with the Prince George Cougars. Thanks for bringing us up to date on what's happening, even if we don't know what's happening. <laughs> yeah, an analogy I use, Al, is it's like shoveling fog sometimes, trying to predict <laughs> the map to a season for hockey in the COVID era. I appreciate it, and Happy New Year. Right, happy New Year to you too, sir. And we're going to take a quick break. Be back with more after 9. Hi, I'm Reverend Andrew Simpson, pastor of Heritage Free Presbyterian Church. Please join me on Sunday mornings at 7.30 
for Let the Bible Speak. You will hear the clear message of the Lord Jesus Christ in this half-hour radio sermon. It's an in-depth study of the person and the work of our Savior. Let's Let the Bible Speak Sunday mornings at 7.30 right here on 93.1 CFIS-FM brought to you by Heritage Free Presbyterian Church. In Prince George, DDR2 Computer Solutions is your first stop for sales, service, and repairs. Located just off Queensway at 857 2nd Avenue next to MetaChair, DDR2 can keep your business or home system running at peak performance. Their in-shop and on-site rates are competitive, so you receive quality service at an affordable price. Plus, there's a special rate for seniors. They also carry top-of-the-line laptops, motherboards, and graphics cards for high-end gaming. When you think of computers, think of DDR2. Call 236 That's 236-423-2216. Hi, I'm Trevor from Chieftain Auto Parts. Stay warm inside and out this winter. See us for a great selection of interior car warmers, battery warmers, oil pan heaters, and more. We've got rugged work gloves that protect hands against cold, grease, and dirt. Extension cords, antifreeze, lock de-icers, snow brushes, and keep safe. Be seen with high-visibility safety vests. We've got you covered this holiday season at Chieftain Auto Parts, 555 3rd Avenue and on the hard highway. Forecast from Environment Canada. Periods of snow today, wind at 15K, a high of minus 4 with a wind chill to minus 12. Cloudy tonight with a 60% chance of flurries, wind continuing, a low of minus 5 with a wind chill to minus 9. For Thursday, mainly cloudy, a 60% chance of flurries, more wind, a high of minus 2 with a morning wind chill to minus 7. It's after 9 on Prince George's Community Station, 93.1 CFIS-FM. We are just waiting for our next guest to phone in for the conversation. And Steve just jumped towards the phone. I'm assuming that that means that she is phoning. And so... Sarah, perfect. great. You're you're a little late. (laughs) Just kidding. I'll put you through to Alan here. You hang on a sec. Okay. Okay, and uh, now Sarah Norman with Two Rivers Gallery, and Steve was just kidding. I hope you realize, Sarah, you were not right. (laughs) (laughs) I I was hoping. (laughs) Now, I've I've been doing sort of year-in-review things with some of the people around town, with entertainment, sports, Mm. but it occurred to me, doing a year-end review with you doesn't really work that well, because you came here in September? Uh, in September. Wow. That's right. No. Uh, in fact, in, uh, I started the job in early October. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, now, so we won't worry too much about a year in review, except to say it took a lot of guts to come out to some place that was in the middle of a pandemic. But, so what is happening at Two Rivers right now? Like, you've got some exhibits on right now that are just wrapping up, I think, right? We do, we do. That's right. So, the, I mean, the gallery, the gallery reopened in late June, mm-hmm. um, and um, and and has been uh, showing exhibitions and having some programs run sort of safely since that time. Um, we have two exhibitions uh, closing out this year. Fantastic exhibitions. Uh, one by Mitchiff artist and filmmaker Amanda Strong. Really incredible artist who uses stop animation filmmaking uh, to tell stories about uh, indigenous history, culture, and language. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we also have a show of 
uh, digitally drawn portraits by Coy Lindstrom, oh. uh, who's a Prince George-based artist, yeah. um, wonderful artist. And in fact, if you can't see the show, if you go uh, onto our website or our Facebook page, you can find a walkthrough with the artist um, as well, uh, really highlighting um, uh, what he calls acts of kindness mm. um, and thinking about the relationship between uh, disability and art. Okay. Now, those wrap up, they get taken down, the walls of the exhibit halls get scrubbed down, and then a new exhibit goes up. And then, yes, yes, um, Amanda shows up till January 3rd and Troy's until uh, the 17th, wow. um, and then uh, <clears throat> there's quite a big changeover this uh, this time, so in the, the Canfor galleries, the sort of larger galleries, uh, we have a big group exhibition called Tip of the Iceberg. Mm. Our curators have been working incredibly hard to put together uh, this show, um, uh, which drew from a call for submissions and brings together, uh, I believe, 11 artists whose work look in very different ways at climate change. Mm. Okay. And now, I think you, when I was talking to you yesterday, I think you were saying this is this is almost like an annual event for Two Rivers, isn't it? There is always a show that is artist submissions. The gallery has historically run, and I think for a while around this time of the year, one show by submissions. It's a really interesting thing, Alan. A lot of galleries have stopped doing this. Um, <clears throat> it's it's a lot of work mm -hmm. um, in a certain kind of a way, um, and I I really love it. It keeps. It, it keeps a kind of openness to the arts community. We've asked for submissions only from BC artists, mm -hmm. um, and I think that's generally how, how it goes. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but, um, but it means that, you know, anybody is welcome to think about a theme, present a work. Um, it's a way for uh, our curators and our audiences here to get to know artists who we otherwise might not come into contact with. And so now, when does Tip of the Iceberg open? That show opens on January 21st, um, and I should say there's a complimentary show um, uh, that will run alongside Tip of the Iceberg by uh, a Montreal-based artist called Lenka Novakova. Uh, it's a sort of immersive installation, um, also related to climate change, which is a kind of a, a, kind of a reflection on... 45 days that she spent in a small coastal community on the west coast of Greenland. Mm. Very, very remote area um, near one of the world's most active glaciers. Um, so, uh, um, very much related to the themes of Tip of the Iceberg, mm. um, uh, which should be beautiful as well. Yeah. So now, if people want to do the walkthrough of the current exhibit from the Rustide Gallery, mm -hmm. if they want more information about when Tip of the Iceberg and the other exhibit are opening, where do they find that information? Everything is on our website. Everyone can go to www.tworiversgallery.ca. Uh, there's also lots of information on any of our social media channels as well. And I just always like to emphasize on things like this, Two Rivers Gallery, it's T-W-O, correct? You don't just put in the number. That's right, T-W-O, spelled out, you're yeah. correct. I, I've had people, people do it all kinds of different ways. 
<laughs> Sarah Nellman with uh, the executive director, the, I'm going to say, still new executive director of Two Rivers Gallery. And I think that's fair. Thank you very much for taking the time, and I'm sure we'll be talking in the new year. I hope so. Thank you so much, Alan. Okay. Take another quick break and be back with more after 9. Join Wendy Framst for Winter Wonderland in February. Learn about texture, positive and negative shapes, and how to incorporate these in your artistic compositions. It's all from the comfort of your own home via Zoom. Registration is available through tworiversgallery.ca or by contacting the gallery. Winter Wonderland, an online art course from Wendy Framst, Tuesday evenings from 7 to 9 in February through Two Rivers Gallery, where creativity flows online at tworiversgallery.ca. One of the many services suspended due to covid 19 has now returned. Drop-off customer recycling is once again available at London Drugs. Beverage containers, soft plastics, flexible plastics, and styrofoam are once again returnable to London Drugs. Local outlets may have restrictions on daily customer quantities and may have to temporarily stop taking returns from time to time, but recycling is back at London Drugs. For more information about the London Drugs sustainability initiatives and what can be recycled at stores, visit greendeal.ca. The Seniors Resource Centre at 721 Victoria Street is now open Monday through Thursday. People can come to the centre between 945 and 145 to access the services they need. Please do not come if you are experiencing any signs of illness such as fever or a cough or have had recent contact with someone who is isolating. Wearing a mask at the centre is mandatory. The Seniors Resource Centre, 721 Victoria Street, open Monday through Thursday from 945 to 145. Featuring the people who make things happen in Prince George. You're listening to After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. Okay. Okay, we uh, have got a bit of a... Hang on a second. I'm wondering if this note might be... Oh, no. Okay, that was a thank you from Sarah. That was a text. Um, My next guest was scheduled to be Dave Horton with Pandemic Entertainment. Interesting name for a group, but of course pretty obvious what they've been doing over the past few months and um, they have got a New Year's Eve event planned uh, as do a number of people around town. Uh, Their event is in conjunction with a couple of other groups. Um, Pandemic Entertainment is teaming up with Nestle Bible Camp and the Northern Lights Estate Winery. They are uh, three groups that uh, had events planned for during the pandemic, but uh, they could not hold them because of that. So oh, David. what they've it's done, what they've done is, okay. Okay, well, I think we do have, okay. Okay, and joined now by Dave Horton of Pandemic Entertainment. And Dave, this drive-in trivia, New Year's Eve, how quickly did this come together? Well, I mean, we were running drive-in trivia in uh, March and April and May and June. <laughs> like, we've been running kind of free drive-in events for the community um, throughout the whole pandemic. Right. So to, to put it together didn't take much. But, I mean, realistically, we, we had planned to do some free drive-in movies. We had planned to do some, uh, some other stuff like that. But uh, just due to the, the different things you need to do for that, that took more effort. Yeah. Driving trivia is just super easy. We know the community loved it. Um, like Harry Potter trivia in um, mm-hmm. uh, when we did it in May, 
it sold out. We had over 50 cars come, and that was before the 50-car limit. Okay. And so, uh, yeah, we, I mean, we threw it together probably like like four or five days ago. I, we, You know, these three organizations just committed, and then we did it. Jeez. So who are the three organizations involved again, and did you approach them, or did they approach you? Um, Nest Lake Bible Camp. I actually work for Nest Lake Bible Camp, so that was really easy. Okay, I just yeah. talked to our, our program director, and I said, hey, do you want to do this? And uh, she said yes. So that's Dana, uh, Dana Penson mm-hmm. at Nest Lake Bible Camp. And then um, the winery was super easy. I worked with Doug for um, Candy Cruise Prince George. They were one of the hub locations. And so when I talked to Doug and said, hey, I need a, a spot to, to park cars and for them to honk and it won't bother the neighbors, he offered his parking lot right away. Jeez. So now, what is going to be the format of the evening? For sure, uh, it's drive-in trivia. So you <laughs> drive in, you park, and then you tune in your FM transmitter. Sorry, just along the side of the road here. Yeah, no uh, you tune in your uh, your FM uh, your FM receiver to one hundred three point one, and uh, then you listen to questions. You honk for your answers, uh, and that's basically it. So you honk for the answer, and then does somebody at the uh, winery parking lot come to your vehicle and confirm your answer, or how does this work? It's all based on the honesty system, because I, we, I, all the events that I've tried to run are one of the main premises. It's got to be free. It's yeah. got to be for everybody. And then the other part of it is it's, it's got to be the safest event possible. It's got to be above and beyond um, what the health orders are requiring to keep the community safe. And so, uh, yeah, it's all just the honesty system. So we, I'll ask usually between seven and ten questions, uh, and then we, you know, we tally scores by honking, uh, and then we ask another round of seven to ten questions, and then, you know, you kind of add up your points uh, throughout the evening, and in the end we, we crown a winner, but they could just lie. <laughs> okay. Realistically, there's, yeah. there's no big prizes on the line or anything. No. It's, it's just a, a way to get out of the house that's... Um, it's cheap, it's safe, it's fun, and uh, hopefully engages some people. Now, what are the topics so people will know what they need to study up on between now and tomorrow evening? Yeah, the topics are four topics. Are We're doing Disney, and uh, so that one is super great for kids. Yeah. Like kids, adults, anybody, young adults, uh, especially the college-university crowd. I'd love to see them showing up for this kind of thing. Um, so we've got Disney trivia at uh, 6 and then we move into, I think we move into Harry Potter trivia after that. Mm-hmm. And then we have The Office, like the TV show The Office, oh, okay. the uh, American version, not the UK uh, version. Okay. Yeah, that, <laughs> and then we've sure got, know uh, that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then we've got uh, Friends. Oh. So now, are people expected to stick around for the whole thing? Or like if I've got a family, <coughs> excuse me. And um, we've got a couple of little kids. I could come for maybe the Disney and maybe the Harry Potter, and then I could leave with no problem? Yeah, that, and that's the thing. So each each one of them is a different event. Mm. And so you would buy a ticket for the Disney one, and then once the Disney one is done, we clear out the lot. And then uh, the Harry Potter one starts an hour later. And then after the Harry Potter one is done, we clear out the lot, and then the uh, the office starts after that. So there are actually four separate events, and you'd have to get four separate tickets for each uh, carload of people. Okay. So the ticket, uh, yeah, a ticket is sold by the carload. So you buy uh, one ticket equals one car, mm-hmm. and you load up your household. Nobody, nobody not from your household. Right. It has to all be your household, and then you get a ticket. You pull in, and that's really it. So the tickets can be found on Pandemic Friendly Entertainment. 
uh, on Facebook. If you look up Pandemic Friendly Entertainment, that's kind of my, the Facebook page I've been using. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, then we go from there. Okay. And so now... I'm guessing one of the nice things as well about doing it in a parking lot is there's not a whole lot of sanitization you need to do between the rounds. That's totally it. So there, there are no bathrooms available, mm. uh, and that's somewhat intentional. Like, we're running short one-hour events yeah. um, just so that people can drive in. They are not allowed out of their cars. Um, they're going to drive in. They're going to drive out, and that's it, right? And, and that's the whole – I think the whole um, – premise of the health order that bonnie henry put out she's trying the best she can to make sure that people can do things and and it is we are allowed to do drive-in events and they're they're encouraging drive-in events where no one gets out of their cars and so we ran some drive-in movies before christmas we ran six drive-in movies Mm -hmm. before christmas and uh it was the same thing people drove in they never got out of their cars they drove off and you know our our volunteers were safe people and families in their cars were safe it just worked out really well if I'm not mistaken, you were also involved in the group that put on the uh, candy cruise on Halloween. Yeah, yeah, I was uh, the the event kind of creator and organizer yeah. for the candy okay. cruise. So you've had a fair bit of experience in terms of dealing with people in vehicles during COVID. <laughs> After that, yeah, I get a little PTSD anytime I see a car or a lineup of cars. <laughs> I I get a little shaken after that. <laughs> that was that was unbelievable. That uh, night, uh, and that led to things like we we were planning to do the Santa Cruz just yes. before Christmas as well. Uh, we had to cancel that, and that's fine. You yeah. know, like we, we yeah. put in the effort. Um, we had, you know there was going to be a lot of cars show up to that as well. But um, when that new health order came through, it was like no, to keep the community safe, we need to not do things. So yeah, that, that you know I'm just a dude. Mm-hmm. I'm like as a job, I work for Nest Lake Bible Camp, but. Running drive-in events and trivia and these things, these are just things I've picked up uh, because of the needs of the community through the pandemic. And I was actually laid off uh, from March until September. I wasn't working, yeah. and uh, that made it easy <laughs> to it made it easier to have the time to kind of fill those needs. Okay, so Dave, again, where can people get their tickets for the drive-in trivia night? at Northern Lights Estate Winery on New Year's Eve. They can go go to Facebook, go to Pandemic Friendly Entertainment. It'll be called Pandemic Friendly Entertainment, uh, uh, Dave Horton Co. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a post on there that I've put up that has all four tickets. It has the, sh- the times of all the events, all those kinds of things. Perfect. Dave, thank you very much for taking the time and wish you the best of luck on New Year's Eve. Appreciate it. Talk to you soon, man. Okay. Bye. The United Way of Northern B.C. has completed the final round of funding through Canada's Emergency Community Support Fund. The total allocated was $858,000 to 44 agencies and 55 programs across Northern B.C. The United Way of Northern B.C. continues to strive to fill resource gaps created by the COVID-19 crisis with their Maximum Impact Fund. To help out, visit unitedwaynbc.ca slash donate. More information is available at unitedwaynbc.ca. The United Way of Northern BC. Give, volunteer, act. The Prince George Council of Seniors Housing Information Program offers details on available housing for older adults in our city. Amenities offered at each building are listed, such as meals, housekeeping, accessibility, and more. Plus, the program offers assistance in completing safer and BC housing applications, as well as for crisis grants and relocation planning. The Prince George Council of Seniors Housing Information Program. For more information, call 2 or stop by the office at 7th and Victoria. 
Forecast from Environment Canada. Periods of snow today, wind at 15K, a high of minus 4 with a wind chill to minus 12. Cloudy tonight with a 60% chance of flurries, wind continuing, a low of minus 5 with a wind chill to minus 9. For Thursday, mainly cloudy, a 60% chance of flurries, more wind, a high of minus 2 with a morning wind chill to minus 7. Thank you for tuning in and staying tuned to After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. Well... A voice that's familiar to people who used to listen to After 9 when we uh, all those, what, weeks ago when we were over at the old location up at <laughs> Studio 2880, but also familiar to anybody who tuned into our Christmas Eve open house, which was not less than a week ago, obviously. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Mike Smith, local entertainer, was one of the guys who played during the uh, open house. And when he was finished playing, this is how this works out in this business, people. This is how carefully planned all these things are. He stopped in. He'd been playing out in the foyer area, I'll call it that. And he stopped into the main office, and I think it was Tim Yule you were chatting with. Yeah, I was talking with Tim. Yeah. And Mike just happened to mention, yeah, it's coming together pretty good, this thing for New Year's Eve. Yeah. And I'm kind of going, wait a minute, a thing for New Year's Eve? I have a show on Wednesday, <laughs> so I checked with Mike, and he's here. And what have you been doing during the pandemic? Well, it's, it's been a really weird year because, um, you know, the year before, yeah. the year before we were we were quite busy. With, I yeah. played with two bands there, Braylorn, which played with up until December 31st last year, mm-hmm. and Deuce as well with uh, Dave Rubido. So... We were we were playing all over the place, and then and then this year because of the COVID thing, um, we uh, managed that we started a new band uh, January first. There we changed the drummer out, Braylorn, changed the name to Blacksmith, and we only got to play uh, one event <laughs> in January, and then everything was pretty well shut down. No, actually, it was February, and I got to play a few gigs with. Um, with Dave with Deuces Wild, yeah. we played at Nelly's Pub and um, played a Rod and Gun Club banquet out in. Um, <laughs> Uh, Burns Lake and and things were going okay. Dave and myself and our wives went to Costa Rica and the last time I got to play live in front of an audience was at the beach at a pub in Costa Rica with with Dave and we got to entertain and by the time we came back everything (laughs) was shut down so (laughs) think of all the events that we missed out on this year like uh, you know playing Nelly's Pub on a regular basis playing the BCNE like um, the, the Crossroads Brewery, the Street Festival, the be- yeah, all yeah. all the all the different everything things. Everything that goes on in Prince George, the Canada during, Day celebrations. Yeah. yeah, Dave and myself, we were going to be opening up for uh, a band at the Williams Lake Stampede, plus doing the sound down there. So everything scattered. So when I came back, I started doing um, just one-hour shows out of the living room, mm. and I did mm-hmm. I think seventeen in my house, and then I did one on a friend's porch out at Fraser Lake, mm-hmm. and then Dave and myself did three in my shop where we made it look like we were actually playing on the beach in Costa Rica. So that was kind of <laughs> that was kind of cool. And one we, one we actually looked like we were playing in Nelly's Pub. We got the the green screen in the back, right? And we could, oh. you know, you yeah. got to have all that computer programming. So it's quite something to get it organized. So when you did the ones where you were playing playing on yeah. the beach in Costa Rica. Yeah. 
did you maybe adapt the uh, set a little bit more? Like, did you maybe throw in a couple of Jimmy Buffett songs and stuff? Um, well, we did. We played Margaritaville, and we mm-hmm. played Under the Boardwalk, which has got oh, that kind of yes. kind oh, of feel to it, too, yeah. right? Yeah. So, But tomorrow night, uh, we're going to be doing uh, a socially responsible broadcast for everybody. It's going to be on Facebook Live, and we're going to be playing at 8 o'clock. Okay. And, yeah, we're going to be set up so we're good safe distance apart and all that sort of stuff and it's just going to be two of us so okay so it's just the two of you yeah and uh, i've seen you guys play before i just want to double check on this you guys both just play guitar correct uh dave plays the bass i play the guitar and then we're going to use a drum machine and what have you and then on saturday night we're going to do another one too but we'll let people know about that later we might we might have a special guest Ooh. He's keeping secrets from us, people. That's it. I don't like the sounds of that, but... So, have... Now, with Bray Lauren and... Well, with now Blacksmith... Right. And with Deuces Wild, are you... Are both of the bands basically cover bands? Yeah, for sure. Um, When we were playing with Bray Lauren before, I was... uh, We played, I think, about five of my songs Mm -hmm. in there. And rotated them through and, you know, different songs. And that. Yeah. So, yeah, but mostly cover. And play different songs with Deuces While We play lots of uh, older rock uh, and country, newer country, older country, and stuff like that, where the Bray Lauren and Blacksmith were playing mainly, mainly rock. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was kind of nice for you to some extent because you had the two separate groups and there wasn't a lot of crossover, but you got to play a lot of different types of music that you liked. For sure, and different audiences, too. Yeah. Yeah. But it's unfortunate this year. I mean, for musicians, whether it's uh, just amateurs like us or you know professionals, I mean, my God, it's just been devastating. There's been nothing going on really. Because no. I, I, the one I'm thinking of is because I heard some about it on a, <clears throat> another radio station a couple of days ago. <laughs> that Saints and Sinners tour yeah. has been rescheduled again. Yeah. Because that was supposed to be i'm trying to remember now even when that was supposed to be originally i want to say it was supposed to i think it was supposed to be a candidate show wasn't it well I, right? i've got tickets from last year's um caribou rocks and north for three days oh. and that's another thing too our band yes. was going to play the big after party for that oh. and that's another thing that was scrapped yep. too right so <laughs> i hope these tickets are good for this year coming up yeah with any luck you'll have to find out you will have to talk to the organizers that's to it. get the oh, word i'm sure that. it'll all be good yeah yeah, I think for most of those events, they've made it fairly clear, yeah, like, again, with the Saints and Sinners Tour. Right. Because that was the one big one at CN Center, I think, that was canceled. Right. Um, actually, I shouldn't really say that. Again, it's so hard to remember, because this was about nine months ago now. Yeah, it could be. started. Yeah, I'm not sure. They, I think, had, um, like, a Cirque du Soleil show that was supposed to be here. Okay. And it went under... And um, I know, though, for most of the shows, like Saints and Singers Tour, as soon as they announced that they were postponing it, CN Center let it be known, anybody who bought tickets, hold on to them. They right. will be good for Yeah, that's the what they date. said with this one, too. Yeah. yeah. I just, I can't see anything happening until they build up a herd immunity or whatever. It was 70% yeah. of the people get vaccinated, so yeah. I don't even well, know by starting. the summer. That's starting, though. Yeah, for sure. But, uh 
but it's real. I know six people have got it. Oof. One, my niece's daughter got the COVID, and mm-hmm. another friend of mine who's a DJ out in Terrace there, he got it, and he was in the hospital for two weeks sick. Everybody's recovered, though? Yes, everybody, but uh, but one was put in a coma for 10 Oof. days yeah. here in Prince George. Okay. Wow. But that is the one nice thing that people... People keep sort of focusing on, well, here's how many cases we have. Mm -hmm. And the Provincial Health Authority and the BC Centre for Disease Control also do a good job of saying, well, here's how many people have recovered fully. But you don't hear that number that often. Because if you hear that number compared to the number of people who had it, you're suddenly realizing, well, wait a minute. That's only like 1% or 2% who don't recover fully. Well, you should, you, I don't think you want to get it from the people I know that have got it. Oh, yeah, I know. I'm not saying you, you want, want to get, get it. I'm not saying it's the sort of thing where you want to get, like, a cold from somebody yeah. because then you get over it for the summer, for the right. winter. You don't want to do that with coronavirus. But even if you get it, don't automatically assume that that's it. May as well start measuring it for the fine, for the pine box. Right. No. It sure is taking a toll like on the elderly people and anybody yes. with a compromised immune system. Yeah, yeah. that's the really bad. Yeah. But again, that again is not unusual in any disease. Yeah, It's going to go for the weakest people, the ones who, as you say, have got the compromised immune system. So. For sure. Yeah. Well, anyways, that's enough pleasant talk. <laughs> we are going to take a quick break when we come back, chat with Mike for a few more minutes, and then... By golly, he brought a guitar. Sure. It's almost like he knew I was going to ask him to play a song. Son of a gun, eh? And we will be hearing that after nine. Prince George has a new dance society. Method Dance is a new non-profit performing arts organization providing a platform for contemporary dancers and choreographers. The company is currently comprised of four principal dancers, three core dancers, and two apprentices. Artistic director Shelby Richardson and her crew are excited to inspire and help local talent excel. For more information on Method Dance Society's projects, training, and community engagement, visit methoddance.ca. Sponsorship opportunities are also available. Method Dance Society. Visit them online at methoddance.ca. Hi, my name is MJ Jacobson. With the onset of the pandemic, the Prince George Child Development Centre has had to cancel its annual Kris Kringle Luncheon, a Prince George mainstay, and its biggest annual fundraiser. Here at Pace, we're doing Every Day is Jeans Day. For a minimum $2 donation each day, employees can wear jeans and the company will match donations. We're inviting other local real estate offices and businesses to join us in giving back to a centre that has given so much to our children. Tourism Prince George has a new look. From their website to social channels with a new colour palette, check out their newly crowned destination, Base Camp to the North. The new site includes an interactive map, a robust directory for dining, and a dedicated page for staycations. Visit tourismpg.com to see for yourself and engage with Tourism Prince George by using the hashtags TakeOnPG and ExplorePrinceGeorge. With great links to local happenings and attractions, tourismpg.com, base camp to the north. Discrimination comes in many forms. The perspectives of Canadians matter. Make a difference that will benefit people and communities across Canada. Help us shed light on discrimination. Take five minutes to participate in Statistics Canada's Experiences of Discrimination at Crowdsource Survey. With your participation, the information collected can shape the decisions that will help address discrimination in Canada. Visit statscan.gc.ca slash participate and click the Participate Now button. This is After 9 on Prince George's Community Station, 93.1 CFIS-FM. Back with Mike Smith of 
blacksmith and Deuce as well. I'm gonna. I, you just know at some point, even in this coming year, when I've got you in for an interview, I'm gonna say the wrong name. Oh, that's you know okay. it. But um, so the show that you guys are doing, so it's Deuces Wild. That's right. Tomorrow evening. Yep. Facebook Live. So I am not. Sure. So does that mean anybody who's got Facebook can just tune in? Yeah, they can go on there and they can look up my name, Mike Smith, okay. and uh, get onto it there, and it'll be a live feed, and just click okay. on it. And, it, and I don't it. even have to look up your name. No. Because you're a friend. That's right. So it'll show up. <laughs> I, I should actually. I should probably actually. Uh, friend um dave rubido dave rubido well mm-hmm. he doesn't get on facebook that much okay <laughs> he's the silent partner i think he gets enough of that stuff with his phone as it is yeah, yeah. so have you ever been at a show for one group or the other and accidentally suddenly realized you were playing a song that was the wrong song that was a song. Like, say you started playing a uh, Deuces Wild song at a blacksmith concert. No, there, there's no. a few songs where we we play them in both bands and actually yeah. play them in different keys. So oh boy. I have had that unfortunate <laughs> thing one time there, where I set off, for example, playing one song and in, uh, in F sharp, and it was actually supposed to be in G, and that's that's about as bad as it can get. So after playing just about, I think one or two notes, it was like. There's something wrong yeah. here. <laughs> and at that point, I, I'm guessing at that point you've got to stop. Nope, just quickly nope, adjust. Just, and try to, figure, try to figure out who's made the mistake right. to start with yeah. and then adjust. Well, you have to get that right for sure. Yes. Um, uh, uh. Let's have a song. I'm going to take a sure. wild guess and say this is probably going to be a Deuces Wild song. No, so. this guy, I'm going to play an Whoa. original song. I'm going to play something different. Whoa. There you go. There you go. This one's called <laughs> Running Around. Head out on the road again Where we're looking for another town Life in the north just ain't so good if you're single with no one around. And check out the bars and check out the clubs, but I don't seem to find her there. The woman I dream of in the middle of the night doesn't seem to be anywhere. I know what I want right now, but I don't seem to be around. All the miles that I put on And it just seemed to be I'm running around Yeah, I'm running around I know I'll find her soon That woman of my dreams Hair let down with a silk top on And a pair of faded jeans I can feel her everywhere She's nowhere in sight Every time that I feel I'm close She slips off in the night I know what I want right now But it don't seem to be around All the miles that I put on And it just seemed to be Running around I know 
So is that one that you are going to be playing tomorrow night, though, with Deuces Wild? No, we've never played that. <laughs> oh, so Dave doesn't know it. He doesn't. Well, we could probably figure it out in a hurry. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Now, so tomorrow night show. Now, quickly, though, I'm thinking, listening to it, that is that is more a Deuces Wild song, though, than a yeah, uh, country song, or is it? More of a country-ish kind yeah. of feel to it. Yeah, for sure. Blacksmith could maybe play it, but... Yeah, we play a couple other ones. I played at the station before, like uh, yeah. just past Cop doing 110, kind of real rocky blues, yeah. rockabilly sort of thing. Yeah. yeah so, so the show starts at 8 tomorrow evening on Facebook. Right. Um, about how long do you figure on playing? Like, are you going to see the new year in? We might, <laughs> we might get to midnight. We might play four hours straight. We'll see. We'll see. We haven't played like that for a long time. No. Like, so we're out of shape as far as that goes. Yeah, but just see how it's going, I guess, as yeah, much as sure. anything. We got lots of songs. Like. Yeah. Okay, now, if yeah. you're going to do that, though, the one song you got to make sure you know, Old Lang Syne. For sure, yeah. Yeah. But I'm guessing you've probably played New Year's Eve shows before. We so. have, yeah. Well, the last show we played with Braylon That's right. was, That's what you're was New Year's Eve in Smithers, actually. Oof. Yeah, so... So you probably played Old Lang Syne that We night. did, at yes. midnight, yeah, for sure. Um, so what happens next? Like, you've got this show tomorrow yeah. night, and then, obviously... Well, we're going to do one on Saturday. Like right, I said, we're probably going to have a guest performer sit in there, so we'll do, like, oh, a, a three-piece. Okay. Yeah, so, so is I'll, that, rele I'll release more information later. Oh, good. <laughs> on your Facebook page, I'm For guessing. sure, yeah, yeah. You can share it if you want. Okay. Yeah. And then, after that, it's sort of just... Whatever happens, happens. Yeah, I guess. Been, I started doing these weekly shows back in the end of November. I think it was mm -hmm. obvious that 
things were not going to no. let up here with the There wasn't you know, going to be lockdown. any Christmas stuff going on. So No, and, and the most disappointing thing, I think, at the end of this year was um, Brad Martin and myself, mm-hmm. who, who was a drummer in, in yep. Braylon. We played for years and years for the Salvation Army, always behind yes. the tills at yep. Canadian Tire, and also... Um, uh, in the foyer at the College Heights um, uh, Save on Foods. Right. And this year, I thought, you know what, I'm going to be responsible at this. And I got a hold of the health inspector. I said, look, we've got a six-foot plexiglass divider. We're going to wear the masks. And uh, I want to make sure this is okay. And he said, no, you can't do it. It's an event. I said, no, it's not an event. <laughs> we just want to do this. I said, because we notice a huge difference. When people are actually playing music there, yeah. the people in the lineup are tapping their feet and they're giving the kids $20 bills and they're stuffing them in a pot. But when you're just standing there, you know, it's shaking tough. that thing. Yeah. You know, there's there's no incentive, you know, for well, no. you know, people are pretty good, but it, you get no. way more money in there when you're playing music. Yeah, from what I see, anyway. But unfortunately, just didn't work. Yeah. Now, so Mike Smith with Deuces Wild tomorrow, tomorrow night. evening, starting at eight. Yeah. Look up Mike Smith, and there shouldn't be more than probably what a hundred of them on Facebook <laughs> for Prince George. Yeah, I got about twelve hundred friends on there, so friends of friends will be able to see it too. Okay. Um, tune in 8 o'clock tomorrow Mike thank you very much for taking the right time on. to come down and thanks Alan and happy new music. year to you guys happy new year to and you the as listeners well. too happy new year and there is not well, there's an after 9 tomorrow but it's not going to be an interview show I believe the plan is to run a couple of episodes of CBC Front Burner because uh, for some strange reason I had trouble finding guests for New Year's Eve even that early in the morning that'll do it for today's show so again I will just wish everybody out there a happy new year and we will be back on next wednesday january the 6th after nine after nine is a daily presentation of cfis fm after nine is produced by alan wishart reg fair and nathan gita with guest producer neil godbu of the prince george citizen additional contributors include cbc news and the national campus and community radio association for a rebroadcast of today's program check out the podcast link at cfisfm.ca to provide feedback or suggestions for the show please email cfisfm at yahoo.ca Owned and operated by the Prince George Community Radio Society, you're listening to CFIS-FM Prince George, a not-for-profit community radio station broadcasting with 500 watts of power at 93.1 FM.